We are back. As you continue season three, make sure to check out our previous episodes on the U.S. 2020 presidential election before the results. And the episode on Indigenous Peoples Day, Columbus Day, and Dia de la Raza. Now stay tuned as we discuss the holiday Cinco de Mayo. Where is the line between celebration and cultural appropriation? What influence does France have on the country and hemisphere currently? And how do we move beyond the holiday to continuously act upon anti-imperialism? All here on Conversamos. Yo, is it that wrong? I'm making a song, taking it back for the platform that I formed. He keeps helping me transform. Before we begin the conversation, we would like to give a business spotlight to Chola Vida, a Chicana-owned business that sells and promotes cultural accessories, clothing, and artistry. Check them out at Official Chola Vida and Redbubble.com via Madeline Arvizo. Now, with our first question. What is the significance behind Cinco de Mayo, and how is it currently being celebrated? So originally, Cinco de Mayo was celebrated uh, in Puebla because it, it was the, it's to commemorate the Battle of Puebla against uh, for the victory against the French uh, back in the 1800s. So that's really primarily where it was celebrated. It was a national holiday in Mexico at one point in time. Uh, it was celebrated across Mexico, and then that kind of went away, and now it's just primarily celebrated in Puebla, but people still get off for, uh, from school and from work um, to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Um, why for me, I would say, what was introduced to me um, from some Mexican family, um, well, friends of family, but, you know, family, <laughs> um, back when we were growing up in North Carolina at this time. So I kind of understood it as a celebration. Uh, didn't know too much depth, to be honest. And then it was reintroduced to me when I went to college, <laughs> where it introduced as margarita time. And this is what people do. And it was probably one of the more interesting points was that the demographics of those that would celebrate hard versus come give you a hug, give you a cheers. <laughs> it was very interesting, the, the differences in and how people went about their celebrations. But that's why. Uh, for me, yeah, it's definitely, I agree with everyone else at Relay. It definitely started from a historical level. Um, but I guess from here in Santa Barbara, uh, Santa Barbara has, how do you say, uh, Chicano way of celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Um, one of our local car clubs, called um uh nightlife have their anniversary on Cinco de mile so celebrated out here in santa barbara california and like yeah like at first it was like a patriotic uh, patriotic holiday uh, i learned that uh the concilio de mexico out here in santa barbara back in the 19 uh 50s and 60s they would celebrate Cinco de mile out here in santa barbara and it just came another reason to celebrate and um, eat Mexican food and drink Mexican beer and, and tequila. Um, so it went from like a significant holiday locally to the Chicano community, the Mexican-American community. 
And I just noticed how how it got commercialized. It definitely is another equivalency of St. Patrick's Day. Um, with that said, um, I'm looking forward to this single the mile because with Black Lives Matter and all these corporations, um, how do you say, uh, trying to be more politically correct. I wonder how they're going to be going with uh, Cinco the Mile. I wonder if there's going to be another um, PR blunder or something like that. But uh, but yeah, that's just my thoughts on the history. It's, be it's definitely being celebrated in Santa Barbara for more than uh, definitely almost uh, like 80 years. So it's a big holiday, holiday out here too. Thank you, Michael. And that kind of transcends to our next question. Should Cinco de Mayo still be celebrated? And if so, how should it be celebrated? Um, you know, for me, it's like, even with my own job, I, I, I even have to, I'm doing a presentation on Cinco de Mayo. And I guess for me personally, it's like, all right, if you want to wear a sombrero, like, go for it. But if you're going to be wearing, like, a fake mustache, uh, you know, a poncho, like dress up as a Mexican type of thing. Um, that's where it falls in the line of uh, cultural preparation, and that's where it becomes extremely problematic. But if you want to ha have it, you know, if you're not of Mexican heritage, but you want to celebrate this holiday, yeah, yeah, it's nothing wrong. Eat some Mexican food, you know, like drink some Mexican beer. It's an excuse to do so, you know, enjoy our culture but in this case this is more of a you know st patrick's culture <laughs> you know it's by mexican americans chicanos latinos you know formulated in miami uh, florida so by marketing companies and so on so um but yeah that's my thoughts i would like to echo that um but i'm not gonna say um i have too much right to dictate how folks how folks celebrate um I do think there's a, there is a hard line once you start leveraging Mexican stereotypes, once you start adding on an accent, once you start all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, the mustache kind of got me. I, I think Michael hit on the head. It's, it's really the mustache. And then once people add in an accent for no reason whatsoever, when they could just be enjoying themselves, being themselves and celebrating just like anyone else would. Um, it's one thing to be learning how to dance. It's, it's another thing to be making fun of a dance, you know? So I, I, I feel like that's where my, my opinion really is in terms of Cinco de Mayo. It turns into a great networking event on the professional side because then you're, so you have like a reason to meet so-and-so. There's a, um, there becomes methodologies behind your happy hours, so to speak. But to the extent that you have the, the right to don the garb of something that ain't you just for the sake of is, is kind of a different perspective all in all. Thank you, Benjamin. And then Angel de Maria. So I feel like the holiday should still be celebrated. Uh, but I think the way that we should go about it, I mean, of course, like it's going to, any changes that are to come about, it's going to take a long time for people to unlearn what's already been marketed for the last, since circa the fifties. Um, so it's going to be hard, but I think what people need to realize too, is to have like a, have the background knowledge of it as well as like, what's the significance of it. It's just not, you know, it's another reason to go out and drinking, 
go out drinking, but it's just like, you know, know the significance behind it of what you're celebrating and who the people you're, uh, you know, the people that you're celebrating. I think it's all about um, knowledge, the having the knowledge and being able to be like, okay, how, what, what ways can I go about being able to celebrate it and be respectful of it? You know, by all means, go out and support Mexican businesses, um, you know, all that good stuff, because our communities definitely need it. Uh, yeah, well, actually, uh, the 5th of May here in Mexico is not like really like big stuff, you know, because I think that Mexican people uh, celebrate more the Independence Day. And I think that most of the the people that live in the USA think that the 5th of May is really important here in Mexico. And it should be actually, it should be because it's where all this war between France and Mexico ended, but actually here is not like a big deal or big importance. And in the USA, I think that is, it is because people like Angel said that all people go drinking and go do all that Mexican, like Mexican stuff, like put on all these like dress like Mexicans, but actually I don't think that they really know <laughs> why is this celebrating, you know? It's like really hard to understand, but I think that they only use this date like an excuse to get drunk <laughs> and get like big stuff with all these parties and all that kind. But actually, it's not a big deal. I think that maybe in the USA, you should like, I don't know, like he said, like, do support Mexican little business and all that kind of uh, all that kind of stuff, but like really knowing why, you know, because that that battle that we have here in Mexico uh, was where the Spanish people and the French people, like mm, I don't know how to say, like had the the rights of Mexico. <laughs> Because the French people only come here to conquer Mexico. That's why. So maybe you should know because if that war doesn't happen and France is still in here, Mexicans, we, we, I don't know, we will still talking in French, not, not in Spanish. So, you know, it's like really, really different how the Americans see this war, like from Mexicans see this war. I don't know. <laughs> So actually, I thought of an additional question here, and maybe Michael, you could also add to this, is that, um, so this has also, from my understanding, have been a, this holiday has been an upcoming since the, the, the big Chicano movement, right? Why did, why do you, if, from what you know, or anyone knows, um, why did the Chicanos during that time period choose Cinco de Mayo as um, the day, the holiday, the battle? I mean, there's been many battles have won. Why, why this particular? Cinco de Mayo, you have to see Cinco de Mayo as like the, sim the symbolism and the association. So for me, the, the, the battle of Cinco de Mayo and, how, and also what I, how I've observed from my Chicano elders, this is Cinco de Mayo represents fighting against colonialism. It's fighting against colonialism where... Yes, Mexico is our national heritage. We're going to be rooting for them. They're the underdog. We're the underdog. It's a David, David, David versus a Goliath story. 
of course, for the folks who actually learn know this history, it was just one small bat. Well, it was one. It's a. It was a very critical battle that ultimately won the war. But uh, there was many other battles. But anyways, um, yeah. So going back to the symbolism, it's it's the underdog versus Goliath, and yeah. It, like I said, single the mile. Ever since uh, after the Mexican-American War, single the mile um, has been something celebrated. I know in my research, uh, single the mile has been celebrated since uh, as early as like the 1900s, the 1890s. Um, in another connection with the in that time, the single the mile. This was the 1860s, and this is where the Chicanos, who are more pro-American, theorize. And this is like you could also argue about this, but it's it's pretty logical. Is that essentially, if Mexico didn't defeat France, France would have uh, supported the the France was supporting the South, and that could have turned the tide. So essentially, we had this mutual enemy, and it's one of those things like yeah, we the world was going in chaos, and um, there was. Wars between our neighbors and uh, make, we were on the same side essentially. So some Chicanos try to make that connection. Yeah. Would you not think there's there's irony in the David versus Goliath battle, and Goliath came to ultimately profit? Yeah, you know, imagine um, to the to the sister who was just speaking earlier. I, I when I went to Mexico like two years ago. My scholar friend Alfonso from Chicanos Sin Fronteras, he was telling me how France is still involved in Mexico City when it comes to the educational infrastructure. And that's one thing France still has when it comes to neocolonialism. Their hands are all over Latin America, Africa, and they're controlling the institutions. So Yeah, I just wanted to add to what he was saying with the David and Goliath. I think the biggest symbolism of from it comes is that you had this small Mexican army of 4,000 people going up against the French army of 8,000 people. And at that point in time, like the French army hadn't been defeated uh, for, I think it was, if I remember correctly, what I was reading, it was like 50 years, if I remember correctly. So it was a huge deal. So for, uh, so that's, for me, I feel like that was one of the biggest reasons that they, um, chose to use Cinco de Mayo as their, that piece of symbolism and as a way to pay homage to, uh, to them. I like how you brought that point up, Angel, because 50 years from that battle was the Haitian Revolution, where the Haitians revolted against France at the time and then created their own republic, right? And so this brings up this whole concept of Latinidad and something that also the Michael and Maria brought forth were that the French, there is still a French influence in Mexico. And also if you look conceptually within Latinidad, just the identity itself, because we look at the phrase um, Latino, Latine, it's derives from the Latin languages of the America, which are Portuguese, French, and Spanish, right? And so with this kind of understanding that although French left, the, the language still stuck within the Americas. And so with that's that my question here is for anyone is that uh, with this conception and, and foundation of it, um, can this be a, a Latina holiday, not just a Mexican or Chicano holiday? Well, 
I would say to a degree it already is. It's just a matter of the education behind it, as Mr. Angel was kind of mentioning before. Not that it's solely white folk that's going out to drink. It's it's many people. It's it's a lot of people within the Western sphere. It's not just solely one body, even though they're carrying the major majority of the drinks, I would imagine. <laughs> I would definitely imagine. But in, in reality, it's I think it's the beginnings of. Um, I've seen in the past couple of years now, more than ever, um, the exchanging of holidays from different countries. There's a month or a week or a special time designated for a lot of different kinds of folk. And a lot of people have taken that to heart and started expressing true worthwhile celebrations that exchange cultural influence and allow people to be themselves. So I feel in a long-winded way, it's the beginning of what we're of Latinidad. Well, actually, um, as Benjamin, yeah, Benjamin said, I think that, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's kind of crazy because like, as I said before, uh, this is not like a really special date here in Mexico, but I think that for, for the Mexicans that live in other countries is important because it's a time where they spend uh, this time with their own culture. And it's good, you know, that to have this cultural connection with other people from other countries, but actually knowing why they are getting this big deal. And why is this culture moving like this? And why is the music and why they are drinking tequila and mezcal and they are not drinking only beers, American beers, you know? And why they are the candies or the, this all kind of food, you know? It's knowing why, not only doing it just because all people is doing it, I'm going to do it because they are doing it, so I'm going to copy them. No, it's not like that. You have to know why you are doing actually that stuff. And maybe if you come from to Mexico, like Michael, come to Mexico, you are going to notice that is a really, really big difference between the Mexican culture and American culture and Canadian culture and all that stuff. Because actually, when I go to Canada, they like give me some like Mexican tacos and I was like, oh, my God. What is this? Like you go to Taco Bell and you think that those are the Mexican tacos, but you come to Mexico and taste the really, really, really good Mexican tacos. You're like, oh my God. So I think that this is a day that, yeah, it should be celebrating, like to connect with Latino culture. But I, I think that also the Mexicans that are living there uh, have like the responsibility to inform, like, to give the correct information to the people that are celebrating with them and making real Mexican <laughs> Mexican food. Because if not, they, it, and it happens a lot, like the Americans coming here and said like, oh yeah, hamburgers, burritos and tacos and all that stuff, but they are not the same. So like making um, this um, connectivity with the, correct information of the other culture so actually we get used to know them not only making parties and all that stuff that's what i what i think about it yeah no it's and just to connect with this whole idea of single the mile 
and how Americans, or in this case, Canadians, how do they perceive Mexican cultures? Um, you know, yeah, definitely folks who have migrated to the Estados Unidos, like Cinco de Mayo is a holiday that reminds them of uh, the homeland. You know, my family's from the West Coast of, of Mexico, and we don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo really, but, you know, my girlfriend's from uh, Puebla, and, you know, they celebrate it. Uh, but yeah, but going back to this like perception, how it's fabricated, who who is profiting from Cinco de Mile? Which corporations? What are their visual material? What what is their message? Uh, what are they basing this on? You know, what are their sources? Um, you know, and and I said when I mentioned earlier about like uh, Miami, Florida. You know, Miami, Florida is the Hispanic media capital of the Hispanic market and Latin America, in my opinion. And in my experience, it's like a lot of people who are producing, who work for corporations, they're not even of Mexican heritage. So it's, there's so many people stirring the pot and how it's like, how it's processed based on like, on racism and so on. But like, I guess what, just, just to finish off, it's, it is a like a Latino, Latino, latin latinx holiday um and yeah I, I wish people would take the opportunity to learn that not everyone's mexican <laughs> so what i wanted to add picking back off of what michael just said is just like uh the narrative you know and what benjamin said earlier too is just like we technically do celebrate each other's holidays and it's more of a latin latin holiday now than what probably it was before simply because you do have these mexican well sorry latin uh, uh news outlets that will um say like oh you know this is cinco de mayo and do all these different um celebrations during like for instance despierta america they would probably they would do like the whole sombrero poncho thing uh for cinco de mayo but they also highlight other 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 cultures uh, within Latin America, um, their celebrations as well. So I do feel like it is a shared celebration. Uh, granted, my, maybe not everybody knows what it actually means, but it is it is shared. Awesome, thank you for sharing that. And now for our next question, where is the line between celebrating this holiday versus culture appropriation as well as like economic monetization for personal gain? Um, what I'd like to say with that is just like there, I think it's a very fine line of what is considered a cultural appropriation. It's just like uh, what people will allow someone to get away with. Um, and it's just like, you know, you really shouldn't be where if you're not of a Mexican descent or some type of, in my opinion, some type of Latin origin. I don't feel like you should be wearing a sombrero or anything, um, to be honest. And then also it's the same thing with corporations. Like they appropriate the wrong, if you're gonna, they culturally appropriate the incorrect stuff. Like for instance, I remember one year for Cinco de Mayo, I think it was uh, Corona or one of the beer companies was doing a campaign for Cinco de Mayo and they were using uh, 
the Day of the Dead skulls and people. And I was just like, uh, you're mixing your two holidays here. So if you're going to culturally appropriate, culturally appropriate the correct holiday. And it's like, I'm hoping also that, you know, those companies do something like, um, you know, like while you're culturally appropriating and monetizing off of this cultural, this culture's celebration, are you doing anything to fund any money into the Latin community? Like, uh, um, like, uh, giving like having a scholarship to specifically for Latinos or uh, or funding a Latin nonprofit or something. Sure. Oh man, where's the line? <laughs> um, well, we've call, all kind of mentioned already. There's personal little lines that really kind of, for lack of a better term, I mean that kind of kind of trigger your wince factor. Like it's not quite what we want to see. Um, I'm perfectly fine with monetization to a point because there's so many hands in the pot and I don't want to minimize the impact of a company that's run by brown folk that is capitalizing on this marketing push and feeding their family and feeding their employees and doing all that off of while it's them they're not even pushing per se their own interpretation it's the commercialized interpretation what will bring in the most money what will bring in the most dollars blah 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 so i, I just want to mention that because there it, it does go both ways to a degree so you gotta you gotta you gotta call it straight unfortunately but it's really easy to appropriate it's really easy to look like a jerk it's really easy to make a fool of yourself um, through, for holidays like this. It's really, really easy. Uh, the marketing campaign Angel mentioned before, <laughs> that's, it's because it's just recognizable imagery. They just want you to be like, ah, oh, blah, blah, bang, Mexican, bye. I want it. It's the day. They don't care about, like, there's no care in it whatsoever. So I don't want to assume that there's more care than there really is. You know what I mean? Um, I, don't put fake mustaches on, man. Don't, don't, don't put the fake accent on just for the sake of whatever. I feel like those are kind of just stand basic rules. Like I, I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day with an Irish accent per se, but that's, that's my personal line. It's a very hard line. Um, and I, I wish it was easier to describe, to be honest, because there's appropriation everywhere. And it's, it once, once you call one, you got to call the other. Thank you. And um, maybe we'd like to add to that as well as, do you see this cultural appropriation with Dia de los Muertos? Sorry for that. Uh, actually, I think that there is a really, really almost not line in this too, but actually I think that, um, well, <laughs> all people need to, um, I, I know how to say it because it's really a big deal, you know, like Corona here in Mexico is a really important uh, business because it's beer business actually and Mexicans like beer so <laughs> you know but I think that um, they have like miscommunicate with the business like from here from Mexico and from the United States because actually here in Mexico yeah they do like really big um, uh, parties like from the day of the dead and Cinco de Mayo, the Independence Day and but they actually 
put that festivity in the festivity that it is. And in the USA, it's not like that, you know. And I think that that has to a lot to do with the talent management, management because if you um, say to the other people what are they doing and for who, and they understand that, and they put on their T-shirt like, yeah, okay, we are going to do a Mexican event, but we are going to know why we're going to do it and when we're going to do it and how Mexicans really feel with this day or well, Latin, Latin Americans uh, feel with this day and like really knowing how to express the business company to the festivity is really hard. It's like a really 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 large walk from them but they have to do it because if i was a mexican in the united states and see this of the day of the dead on the cinco de mayo i will be like really they are only doing it because of money and they actually they are doing it because of money and i think that we are in an in a year that well <laughs> in a generation that the stuff that we do is not only anymore because of money. We really want to know what is happening with the people. We really want to know what is going on with their life, what is going on with the culture, not only money. It's not only money. And I think that the, this corona business actually don't see that right now because they are only making that because of money. And they are selling the wrong idea to the Americans and the other people And the Americans believe that they actually, the Cinco de Mayo también tiene, sorry, sorry for that, my Spanish come out, sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Cinco de Mayo has to do with Day of the Dead and they are different culture. They are different, celebrating. Well, there's a whole difference between them. So actually, I think that is a really, well, uh, strange way how they use this celebrating days for make money angel i like i i like what you said earlier like who's profiting from like single the mile like i guess to put it in the united states like specifically in santa barbara like i specifically worked for a business that wasn't owned by a person of mexican heritage and they straight up capitalize on they're, they're running on the on the concept of like papas and beer this whole idea of like mexican culture like beer tequila and like this guy's making mad money like this, this corporation is capitalizing on mexican culture and to me like when i when i when i knew about that when i when i was aware of that it was just it was just cringe um I, and i guess just to formulate what i'm what i'm trying to say is I feel like there should be a call of action since with the black lives matter movement where, and it really inspired me where it's like, all right, how about like with a sink with a single, the mile is like, where's your money going to, are you actually going to actual Mexican owned business? Uh, or are you going to talk about, um, are you going to, um, actually buy a Mexican vendor or are you going to buy it from uh, hot topic or, or et cetera, whatever. So, and also like um, 
corporations, their responsibility of giving back, you know, holding them accountable. Um, that's a really important thing too. So um, I think it's really important for all of us just to, I don't know, or I think that's something that could, that could happen. Thank you, Michael. And so that kind of leads into our next question. How can we move past holidays and celebrations to appreciate Mexican culture? I think the best way that we can move past holidays and celebrations to appreciate the Mexican culture is actually, you know, showing appreciation for the people, recognizing that we do make up a large population of the United States. That's one thing that could be done. Uh, the other thing is like the other way to show appreciation is, you know, um, like support uh, supporting like i said earlier supporting like local small businesses um supporting us that way and it sure would be nice to be able to move past something like a designated holiday or a, a prefabricated celebration that would that would be beautiful just to be able to accept folk for for being present impacting not even the u.s nation but honestly mexican culture shapes a good portion of the world uh, not only calling it on the culinary standpoint like, to be honest, like a lot of people focus so much on the culinary, but there's so much um, physical art. There's so much business savvy. There's so much financial intelligence. Um, yeah, uh, I can't wait till that moment happens. Um, I theorize that it would probably happen after <laughs> uh, probably a couple more generations, to be honest. It's, it's, I think it'll be a, a, a little... Um, there has to be a deeper understanding of who Mexicans are. And I don't think it's reached that as many people as it needs to, um, myself included. I, I feel like it, there's, there's more appreciation that needs to be had. There's more investment that needs to be had. Um, you, I, I, not the most ideal of comparisons, but in, in a way I'll equate it to how the, the Italians were treated for, for such a long time, the Italians and the Irish when they, they were here. Granted, Mexicans have been here and their land is literally <laughs> here so that they're it's not the most equal comparisons, but they had their celebrations and their movements until they were um, internalized, so to speak, you know, where they could blend in. So after a couple more generations, I feel like it'll be natural. It'll be natural and hopefully it'll be true appreciation and not just a hyper <laughs> version of the Taco Tuesday culture that we kind of have right now. Well, actually, here in Mexico, we don't have like Thursday of tacos. We call it Thursday of pozole. <laughs> Here in Mexico, every Thursday is like Jueves de Pozole. Sí. But okay, yeah, I think that this is a really difficult question because actually they own Mexicans and I see it a lot with my family that go to other countries, actually in the United States. They think that they have to change their culture because I think that most people think that Mexican well we Mexicans we are not like greatest you know and when Benjamin was talking uh I remember this phrase that uh, Trump actually said I don't know if you voted for Trump but I I don't care <laughs> I don't care it's because Trump said that uh that he don't want Mexicans in the United States because he thinks that the Mexicans that are in the United States are not like good enough you know and if you live here in Mexico, you will see that 
all the really, really, really good Mexicans, intelligence, in, in I don't know, in science, in employees, uh, in everything, they go to the United States to live this American dream. So actually, you guys have the best brains of Mexico. You know, you have the best brains of Mexico. And this is really sad. And well, yeah, it's really sad for, for us because uh, actually me also, I don't like, uh, I, will, I will not like to live here in Mexico all my life because as you can guys see here, we don't have like really big opportunities like in the United States or Canada or in Europe. So actually think, I think that we have to start first, <laughs> the Mexicans loving being Mexicans. And then when we accept that, that we really love our culture and love being Mexicans, we can uh, make others see that Mexican culture is great. And we have a lot of things and a lot of food and a lot of cultural stuff that we have to offer to the world because there is not only tacos and chili. There is not only that. We have a lot of things. We have music. We have mariachis. I don't know if you guys have heard mariachis. I really love the mariachis. And when I go to Canada and I, when I go to the Europe, uh, Mexi uh, the other people say like, yeah, yeah, tacos, chiles. And when I put on mariachis, they go like, oh my God, I love mariachis right now. And I love the Mexican culture be because there is a lot of culture that even us, we don't see it. So I think that it's really difficult to make others like appreciate Mexican culture if we like Mexicans don't appreciate Mexican cultures and all that stuff become from the education because here in Mexico uh, we grow up with the with the thinking that we are not going to be like the greatest we have not opportunities we are not going to speak like three language English French Italian whatever uh, we don't have like the money and all that kind of stuff so they Teachers, like, yeah, you only have to work. You are not going out from Mexico. And you are, like, important in all the world. All the world don't care about you. And I think that if we change that, we are going to change everything of what the other people think about us. So, yeah, it's really, 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 really difficult. That is what I think. Thank you. And Michael? Uh, yeah, thank you, Maria. I guess to me, when it comes to the position of like, how can we decrease anti-Mexican sentiment in this country and in increase Mexican cultural, cultural ad admiration? Um, I guess one thing I would just start off with, like historically, you mean, you mean states ever since, um, uh, ever since uh, like 1845 of the Mexican American war and, then Andrew Jackson and just all the rhetoric, like a big part of like of American racism is anti-Mexican sentiment. Like the the laws, like there's laws specifically targeted for folks of Mexican heritage. The anti-greaser laws that was back in the 1860s. Um, then on top of that, it's just. I guess what I'm trying to say is just like now bringing into like the colorism 
in a colonialism, like, yeah, there's, there's weddles in Mexico. There's literally white people in Mexico. There's like literally Spaniards, there's Jews, there's French people, uh, who literally maintain like white supremacy. Um, and they're, they're still using that, uh, there's still, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you have to understand the mestizo hierarchy and how that influences Mexican culture. Um, understand that, um, I guess instead of going to that part instead of going and seeing the big picture of like the history and all that, I guess it just comes down to like ethnic studies of like students learning at the elementary level, at the K through 12 level and learn about different cultures. And in this case, specifically about, uh, about the Mexican culture and how they contributed to the United States and built it and et cetera. And how even today, you know, dissolving, uh, rhetoric that, that breeds hate and, and so on, you know, we are, we are also victims of, of hate crimes, you know, the, the hate crime that went down in Texas, how this white supremacist, this domestic terrorist specifically targeted Mexicans, Raza, his idea of Mexicans. He's like, Oh, I'm going to go to this Walmart, which is known to have a lot of Mexicans. When in this case is Latinos, but, um, so I guess it has to go to that level, that systemic level where we have to change the generations and yeah so this is kind of very interesting with all you have shared because um something that benjamin said like bringing up the irish and italian where they had to do their own struggles within the american identity until they got assimilated into the american identity and then maria and michael they kind of bring up this whole aspect of like u.s imperialism we're not just like um those who well, u.s is now extracting not just resources but also um people whether it's from whether people are migrating or immigrating. And so I'm just trying to get a better understanding because this is also this in the spirit of Cinco de Mayo, in the spirit of Mexican unity, in the spirit of anti-imperialism, like how, how do you see this being um, demonstrated moving forward? I think when it comes down to bringing back to like colonialism, mestizaje, the indigenous people, the native people, you know, Canada, United States, Mexico, they all have similar similar narratives and and who is the uh, who is the upper dog and who is the underdog who is the oppressed who is who is the oppressed and who is the oppressed so in this case you know and then bringing it to colorism it's like of course it's gonna be a lot easier for like white latinos including like myself that's like ethnically ambiguous you know like to assimilate United States as like the Irish. I know that I go into spaces so it's a lot more easier. Um, so I think it's just ingrained when it comes to the racism. So you have to understand that in the indigenous people. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, colorism does play a role because once you can identify a group with a ready motion, like a, you can look and see a neighborhood of X or a, an area of Y. When you're able to do something like that, it makes assimilation obviously difficult. We've seen recently, unfortunately, how another community 
who's easily identifiable has been beyond taken advantage of, beyond disrespected, and made to be belittled. All that to say the most powerful thing we have outside of our words, <laughs> compound interest, <laughs> is time. So we, we, have to, we have to come together somehow. I mean, uh, it feel, feels like a, a broken record kind of, kind of thing, you know? We have to come together and we have to push through and we have to spread the word and we have to educate the youth and we have... And, it becomes this, this, this wheel of what, what is enough. And I struggle to say what is enough. I struggle to think of what is enough, but I'm optimistic to think that the youth is smarter than I, and it might be a cop-out to be honest, but I, I, I put my faith in the youth figuring this out. Um, I do. I don't know why. I don't, I don't have like a logical reason or like a, a mapped out dissertation telling you why, but I, I, I have faith in the youth to figure this out because where I've seen the perspectives of my own parents and grandparents to where they are now from the time I was young to now I'm 31, there's been a dramatic change in how like my father processes certain things or certain situations, you know? So I, I feel like time and the youth is, 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 is where this answer lies, and I don't have something definite. So I apologize for that, but I, that's, that's where my faith lies. I really appreciate you. I uh, think with ahead. the simulation comes erasure, and you definitely see that. You know, it's funny that we bring up these white communities like the Italians and the Irish. The only reason they were easily, easily able to assimilate to the American to the United States was simply because of their skin complexion. And at the time they were being told, oh, you know, they were fraternizing with black people, which not a good thing when, you know, immigrants outnumber you along with black people. So it's just like, oh, if you wanna be more like us, you have to separate yourself from them which is basically what we're doing right now within our own communities, because as I said earlier, we have our own, we're still, our Latin communities are still trapped in these Eurocentric mentalities. And it's something that we've keep struggling to get out of. And some of us happen to, some of us are become enlightened enough to escape it. And some of us do not, unfortunately. And that's a constant battle, battle within our own communities because it, it affects us in all aspects. I mean, it's, um, you have white passing Latinos who will quicker cl quickly claim to be of white descent in certain circumstances because it works in their favor versus when it's not, oh, it's like I'm Mexican. And to circle back with assimilation equals erasure, you know, assimilating is not going to bring a, assimilation is only going to equate us to white that's not going to um bring latinidad to the forefront it's just like okay we're assimilated now now what now it's just like generations uh generations after us are going to try to reconnect to their roots and be like uh try to figure out where they're from because it's just like i can't just be white and i think 
it is something that we can at least in this generation start. But I know it's something that the next generation will definitely not put up with because we're seeing it right now currently with, I hate to bring this up. I don't know how people feel about this, but with little Nas X and his recent vid sash song and people getting in an uproar about that, because it's just like, literally he's been told his whole life that you're, because you're this way, you're going to go to hell. And when he actually does what people have said they're going to do, they get upset. And it's just like, it's funny. And I, like I said, I feel like the generation, the next generation after us is not going to pull it, put up with a lot of the shit that we have. Sorry for cursing. Yeah, actually, I, I'm going to take some words of Angel because of the skin color, because actually, uh, as you can see, guys, I'm not like really white, <laughs> but my mom does. So every time that we travel, I have uh, this um, like I well, I actually get really angry because every time we travel, uh, my mom and I, they say like, really, is she your daughter? And my mom like, yeah, is my daughter. Why? And they are like, oh, because of the skin color. And I'm like really because of my skin color okay and and this is really made me really really mad because as angel said uh we have these ideas that because one people have this nationality will be like this like right now with the this is stuff of the asian people that they are like right now right now the top like they are like really good boyfriends and k-pop and all that stuff and we believe that if we know an asian people he or she will be a great, a great um, boyfriend or girlfriend, and they have to be really skinny, and they have to eat a rice every day, and and all that kind of stuff. But I think that actually in America, the Mexicans that go to America, most of them, not all, but most of them, they actually want to change the skin colors, and we don't go too far because if you know Michael Jackson, well. <laughs> He was not white. And because of this social pressure, she, he came like, okay, I, they, the United States want me to be white. I, I will be white. <laughs> and it's really crazy because I think that, as Angel said, the next, the next generation will be more intelligent than us. And they will be more open-minded and they will accept not only uh, this Latino culture because it's not only the Latino culture, it's also the, the skin color, the eyes color, if you're skinny, if you're fat, if you have the brown hair, if you have the curly hair. And also this, this is stuff of, uh, you know, if you like someone of the same sex, it's really bad scene. And it's not like that. Love is love and your culture is your culture and done with it. It's okay to be yourself. And I... I think that this is like um, a really, a uh, really difficult idea from the people that are older. Like, for example, my father, uh, before he died, uh, he was the person that had this thought that the Mexicans have to stay in Mexico, and I was like, no, I'm not going to stay in Mexico. I want to do bigger things. I have, I want to be my own boss. I want to be a Mexican that wherever I go, they will, they, they will see like, oh, there is that woman that 
that live in Mexico, but he she is not longer in Mexico. She's really great right now. She's helping other people. She's making a lot of money to help other people. And my father also thought this that the bisexual thing was not like really good because here in Mexico we have the traditional of Catholicism that you don't have to like the other people of the same sex. Well, actually, I don't like girls. <laughs> I like boys, but I understand how the other people feel. And uh, a few months ago, one of my friends actually died and he was gay. And he suffered a lot of this discrimination because he go to the United States and he, in the school they were like, oh, because you are gay, you like me, don't touch me. And I was like, oh my God, because I like boys, I don't like you. I don't like every boy that's walked through me. <laughs> It's like a really difficult way of thinking. And I think that it will take like about 10 or 15 years to keep this open-minded culture in everything, not only in the skin or in Latinos or in the, in the different kind of taste that we have. I think that in everything, uh, it's going to be really, really difficult. And not only in the United States, in every country. Because if, if you go to Italy or to Korea or something like that, you will find people that think like that. With that said, that is all the time that we have. Thank you everyone for joining us. For everyone at home, make sure you like the video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and listen to our podcast platforms from Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Music. Also comment below, describe your experience celebrating Cinco de Mayo. What resonates? Then follow us on all the social media outlets at Latin underscore entertainment. Join the Support Latina Business Facebook group and check out our IG lives every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Until then, see you next week as we discuss COVID-19 one year later. All here on Conversamos. Yo, is it that wrong? I'm making a song, I'm taking it back for the platform that I formed. Music's helping me transform. I run the